sneak it, we punch it, we break it. You better believe it. It is the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell coming at you on this Monday morning, ready to talk box, ready to break it all down, ready to talk about the punch, the right hand heard round the world when Deontay Wilder sent Dominic Brazil to the deep, dark depths of hell, brother. Take his house all away. Fired up to bring you the audio this week. Hey, it was a busy boxing weekend altogether, and you better believe the Brian Campbell is, of course, the voice that you hear. I speak and believe and receive it. Speak and believe receive it. Speak and believe receive Yes, yes. Thank you, Bronzy. Thank you, Bronze Bomber. All righty then. Uh, look, big show planned for you today. Rafe Bugs will be in the house breaking down WBSS from Scotland, reacting to the Showtime card, spinning it forward to what we have coming next. And a reminder to all, if you get off on this audio, if you know what I'm really trying to say right there, if you enjoy this show, please, five-star review season, spin it forward. It's a show about nothing, right? It's a show about loads. Let's talk math. Let's talk E-Jack. I'll never jack. All right? Let's talk box. Thank you. All right. Wow. And it turned out that in this fight, at least, we brought you junk. All right, Larry. Back it off there. Let me uh, inject you with that performance-enhancing audio, and let me bring in my co-host. He is a uh, New York Times uh, high bestseller. It is. What is that noise? Is that we are we are live here? Uh, poor guy, Rafe. Are you with me already? Already we're having trouble here. Are you with me, Rafe? Tell me. Are you with me? Tell me. Tell me. Are you here with me or not? Uh, uh he's not with me. All right. His name though is uh is almost certainly Rafe Bartholomew. Are you with me, Brian? Uh, there he is. <laughs> Let me lick you up. Let me lick you down. Let me lick you up. In the way. Let's in the way. No. None of this wilder crap. Wow. In the way. The rise of the monster. Rafe already wanting to talk Naiwa in a way. Oh, we're going to get deep into those DMs. You better believe that. Uh, Rafe, uh, full disclosure, if we have any audio issues, if I, if we find out, are you with me or not? I am in Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the home office of CBS Sports. You are at your home in sparkling LA. Let's hope this works out through the magic of Skype, right? I think that's magic, Brian. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, would you say, Raphael, that, um, even above Deontay Wilder, I mean, putting it on Dominic Brazil, Brazier, Boobs Brazil, that Naiwa Unue, the monster, is the story of the weekend. Oh, I am fully prepared. I have my, my hipster, uh, erection ready for for the now now yeah in a Uwe talk Brian it is that was that yes absolutely um more important fight unification fight better opponent better fighters better everything now yeah in a Uwe now we have to talk about 
what happened in the heavyweight division because I'm not entirely sure why we wanted to hype that any more than we would hype what happened with these little men. But we're going to do that because that's what we do. But, yeah, it was in a ways we- weekend, and it should be. It it's was, Dan- it was Danny's weekend. night for him. Yeah, I mean, Danny has a stick, and it was uh... – it was a hipster hardcore weekend, despite being as mainstream as you can get with a heavyweight title main event from New York on Showtime, which is for the commercials, for the casuals, if you will. And them casuals were seeing that gif going around of one man banging. But first, before we get into all of that, let's set the stage. Let's do what we do. Let's talk math. Let's talk boxing. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion. From a complete stranger online. Or three complete strangers. Rafe, myself, Richie Dwyer. Thank you, Dwyer. That was Dwyer, right? Hi, it's Dwyer. Okay, there we go with that, Rafe. And uh, before we get into this analysis and, and really just roll out the balls, if you will, and have a fun show, why don't we get all the business out of the way right now and maybe hear a nice little word from our friends, from our sponsors? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about that. Enjoy. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, and we're back. Hey, Rafe, it's time. Let's break it down. Wilder Brazil happened, but let's skip right to what you were saying was the main event of the weekend. The monster cometh, Rafe. Co-main event in the zone. Scotland, three-division world champion. Champion. Niowa Inoue, the Japanese monster. Wow. Semi-final bout WBSS 118-pound tournament. He sent Emmanuel Rodriguez to hell. Rafe, it wasn't that we didn't necessarily predict this would happen. It's just one of those things. You knew when you're going to get a new, eh? You're probably going to get a monster KO. But to see it play out in the vicious manner in which it did, three knockdowns, full-on explosion. Wow, buddy. Wow. Yeah, Brian. Also, I think one of the things that's really and this is something that we can overlook because even though we are we are part of the hardcore, we identify with that movement, right? We still we still don't quite know the know the lower divisions at the same level as we know everything from say featherweight on up. So it's easy to forget that this is Naoya Inoue doing this against a guy who is a fellow champion at the division who at the beginning of the tournament a lot of people believed was the biggest challenge to Inoue that Inoue would face. And, well, it's actually looking like that may still be true except he may 
get out of the tournament in less than five rounds total or something. Um, and that he's doing this, he's dominating, destroying, just getting, knocking guys out in one and two rounds at the top of a division. Think about the middleweight division when we had our monster there, Triple G. What happened when he got to the top of that division? When he finally faced those other championship level opponents, he, we, we, we still thought he was winning those fights even when those woman judges. Oh, how but, dare you? How dare you? <laughs> but yeah, those are your friends in Connecticut I'm talking about. Those woman judges. Um, but it wasn't a cakewalk. He's not blowing guys out in two rounds. He's not turning Matthew Macklin into bubble guts in, in, in two rounds. It was, it, these were, these were distance fights that he, He's winning close decisions or losing close decisions where we thought he should have won. This is, you know, Uwe fighting rough guys who aren't ranked on pound for pound lists yet, but are just at the top of this division and just destroying them. They got, I mean, just out, out everything them. They have no hope in these fights. It's, it's, it's something, something crazy is going on. Yeah. You did mention that we are hardcore fans. We get off on this. You are the boxing hardcore. You're not regular fans. Exactly. But. It's time to unleash this hardcore hipster monster on the general boxing world. I don't just mean general casual sports fans. I mean on just those box fans who only had HBO and Showtime for the past decade and don't know about them cloud TV streams. Don't know how to get that amateur adult movie uh, spam accidentally on your keyboard while you're trying to search for Guillermo Jones versus Dennis Rubadub in Russia. And yeah. Uh, Rafe, it's time for people to know who he is. I already had him when I renewed my top 10 pound for pound in boxing last week. I believe I had him five or six. You see people online now really making the push for him to number one. And by the way, I'm willing and ready to have a pound for pound discussion with you. It's not out of the question, Rafe, because three divisions, each time he steps up, he's blowing people away more destructively. He's 26 years old. He's 18 and 0 with 16 KOs. He's great looking Japanese fellow who, who has, seems to have like this silent killer kind of under the radar charisma going on. And he brutalizes people. Emmanuel Rodriguez, very credible fighter, goes in there and actually lands shots in the first round. Uh, you know, Anuwe's aggressive style put him in situations to be hit with counter shots. But the moment in round two, Anuwe hit him with the first real legitimate punch. It was like, wow. Game changer. Then he goes to the body for the second knockdown. Then he gets the third knockdown. And you're like, he just dismantled this champion. Now we have Anuwe with two belts at 118, a division where we said when he moved up, will he have the power? Will he sealing out? Rafe, there's no ceiling for this man. Pound for pound king, even if you're going in a trendy hipster Chocolatito type vote, it's in play, Rafe, right now because this guy is ridiculous. Yeah, and before, let me let's 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 talk about that that fight or that and those knockdowns a little bit first because these were some doozies and also that first round, even though. Uh, yeah, Rodriguez was having success. He did manage to land some shots. He didn't look like he was out of the fight or afraid. I did think that just watching him absorb some very heavy shots from Inoue and seeing, I, you just got the feeling like, no, that's not going to work. You're not going to stand in the pocket like that and try and 
win exchanges with this guy because you can't take these punches as well as he's taking yours and you're not landing as many. This ain't, this one of these is going to hit you in a different way. And it turned out to be first that left hook in the second oh, round. Oh. That was just, oh man. Oh my God. I mean, you took his nuts. Now you got to take his heart, right? And his soul. Like, oh my God. Oh boy. Like, it took a piece of his soul. Oh my God, Rafe. Ow, ow, look at this. I, I, I may have, I think I did yell out in earnest, not even, not even an ironic trying to sound like an homage to Manny Stewart, but watching the fight alone, I actually just yelled out, oh my god! Yeah, basically. Another hot beef injection. So this man, Inoue, uh, he's got the meat. Uh, Nioa had a stick, and good god, Rafe, if his power's not gonna top out at 18, and he even has a chance to eventually go up to 22 with that kind of power, then let me say for some things, we do have a new Manny Pacquiao under the spirit of the idea of taking a small foreign man who would have no right in typical boxing sense to become a star, maybe a pay-per-view star, maybe a crossover star. And the only way he would do that is by constantly climbing divisions and knocking suckers out like Manny did, friend of Thick Boy, who's now the mayor of uh, the Philippines, maybe, or of Man- Manila. You want to get into that no, later? Uh, he can't no, handle you, your you, girth, son. I mean, what's going on here with Filipino politics, Rafe? Oh, well, nothing good. Uh, and this this has long been a trend in, in the country and polit- politics there. Very little good, very little positive comes out of the political world. Our, our guy, uh, Boo Boy Fernandez, longtime friend, uh, of Manny Senador Manny Pacquiao did run for mayor in a town in Bicol province. Well, not Bicol is not a province; it's a region in southeastern Luzon. The town is, I think, off the top of my head, called uh, Polangi, and um, I think it is in Sorsogon province. But it's interesting because I don't know his connection to that country because all the stories are about him growing up with Manny down in Sarangani and General Santo City, parts of Mindanao where that are pretty far from where Boo Boy is now a mayor. I didn't know you wanted to get into this, but we can get all the way. Well, in. Rafe, but we often yeah. ask what happened to Bobby Pacquiao. It's not the blow blow. Like he but he did disappear off the side of the earth. Yes, he's sort of the Frank Stallone, the the Ozzy Canseco in terms of famous bootleg brothers. I think Boo Boy ate him, Rafe. I think that's what happened to to Bobby Pacquiao. How is this guy Boo Boy who man, he's rotund. How do you just become vice mayor? What is vice mayor? Is this a celebratory position? Who is affecting culture more? Manny or, or Boo Boy? Is this real? Is this like, if, is there, is the American equivalent when you get Paris Hilton Kardashian level fame? Like what if we just announced, uh, that Kim Kardashian has been added to the, to Trump's board of, uh, whatever, the cabinet because of popularity and Twitter, uh, followers? Is it the equivalent of that? Uh, name recognition is a big factor in Philippine elections at all levels, especially most at the national level for the senatorial races and the presidencies. But even in mayor elections, a famous person will come in and because of their name, because they, they, it helps them campaign, they don't have to go out and actually do much at these 
political sorties where they just stand up and dance and sing some karaoke and give every, you know, feed everyone for a night, make everyone feel happy and hope that that sort of gets them the vote. Unfortunately, then you get these mayors and, and look, a celebrity athlete, movie star, whatever mayor, vice mayor, counselor, you could complain and say they don't end up doing much in the position, but the career politicians get those positions and don't do much either. There's a lot wow. of problems with political dynasties. Social commentary here from Rafe. It's an unfortunate – it's an unfortunate – there's a lot of things I love about the Philippines, a lot of things that are wonderful about the country. Very few people will ever tell you that um, the country's politics are among the things that anyone should love about it. Brian – as much as I love this, oh, I, I like am going this. to be the responsible person no, here. No, I got one and, more for and, you. Does, oh, man. Wait, ha, right. Has Boo Boy ever put his hands in clitoris? The gloves of, uh, that I use in clitoris is, uh, you know, I like that glove. It's my glove. So. Like, does he get second-hand Manny Pinoy Puntang from being a celebrity? I mean, are you talking about over the course of his life? Has it ever happened? Pre-girth or uh, let's post-girth. Or, oh, I mean, not just girth, but also pre-born again, uh, oh, Pacquiao yeah. versus post-born again, Pacquiao. I don't know, I don't know if he would actually get more before or after that conversion. You know, this is not really something we should speculate too much on. I think, I think Boo Boy has done well, probably better than you might expect. All right, from the lip to the cup, Boo Boy, and I know you don't know what that means, Rafe. Back to Monster. Um, I, I nailed that. Look, if you want to, if you want to call him your pound for pound king, again, it's not out of the question. But what about the idea, Rafe, of jumping out of the TV screen and actually becoming a known American boxing commodity because he's that stinking good? How does this happen? Does it need to be more rising of weight? Can it happen in the zone where where only the hardcores are watching, not regular fans, as Richard said? Talk to me here. Do we need – is this going to be the kind of thing where Naoa Anui is our favorite indie band right now, and if we do unleash him on the world, we'll end up turning on him and hating him because all those girls that don't know music are suddenly like, Dave Matthews is the best band since Zeppelin. You know what I mean? Is this going to be one of those situations, Rafe? I could see that happening if he really did blow up like that, of course, because it happen, It happens every time any fighter – and it happens with the bands. It's, it's sort of a common occurrence, especially with a niche audience as the boxing hardcore audience is at first. When someone breaks out of that, then it turns into, well, you, we, we also understood his flaws when you never did. We always sued. So it, it turns into the same, the, the triple G backlash. The, the, I, I mean, look, as fans, we were a little bit. We backlashed a little bit against great little guys like uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez when when people were saying, "Oh, you gotta put him number one on your pound for pound." We're like, "Do we really have to?" I don't. I'm not sure that I really have to. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that backlash cycle. It's just part of the. It's part of sports. It's part of culture. It's no big deal. I think that right now, in terms of the pound for pound question, put him as high as you want. Now, there are some people making extremely, extremely strong arguments that, oh, anyone who didn't see that Inoue was better than Lomachenko for the last five years is just an idiot. I've known this. I mean, so basically the people saying that are like when he beat some Thailand guy, I, I, I can't even – like Pasabini Watatuku, like that made you the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world in 2014. 
yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's it was like background music right there over your commentary. I loved it. Um, yeah, that like like get off the pot. All right, stop it, stop it. You're stop, it, stop it. Um, but but you but look, he's in the conversation. I want a quick commentary on pound for pound. I'm not going to go down. I, I released my new one. I, I don't you know I don't care to go down the rafe. Who's your top five? But I do have a quick commentary. Since a lot of us started watching boxing, there seemed to be reigns of pound for pound kingdom, right? It was like Roy, you know, it, it, it was like Roy Jones, if you want to start there, handing it off to Floyd, who, yes, there was maybe a, a, a fight where people thought Shane Mosley was after he beat Oscar, or maybe there was a moment that people thought either Oscar or Trinidad was. <laughs> Or maybe even a moment where somebody liked Hopkins. But in reality, Rafe, it's been like the Roy Jones era handing off to the Floyd Mayweather era. And then there was that point that coincided with Manny's rise and Floyd's retirements where it was the Floyd and Manny era. Then it became the Floyd era again. And then both Chocolatito and Andre Ward had cups of coffee as pound for pound king. But right now, 2019 is the most unique I've ever seen pound-for-pound debate and talk in my life because I think right now, Raphael, Bugs, Rafey, Bartholomew, Rafe Bathroom, as my kids call you, I think there are six men, six, six professional boxers who have a legitimate claim for the pound-for-pound number one. Not, not hipster, legitimate. And I've never, ever seen it like this before, Rafe, where there's no clear-cut king because there's like three or four different trains of thought, and there's six guys who I think you could legitimately make a case for. Am I right? Am I crazy? You with me on this? Or tell me. I, are you with I'm me? I'm with you. I, I like this argument, Brian. I, this is this is a pound-for-pound discussion that I can get behind, yes, because it is such a subjective ranking. And every every fighter deserving of consideration has both reasons to 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 sort of lay his claim to the the iron throne jesus i can't believe no, i said that no game of um, nerds talk on here please <laughs> uh each the, the the throne of jack uh i'll never jack i'll never every each each of those fighters has his own claim to that title but then Depending on what's in the eye of the beholder, what you, what uh, each observer finds the most special or the most telling about that fighter's characteristics, you can make arguments for these different fighters and there is no, none of them has that, that signature reason or that thing that just sets them apart where you can say, oh, well, you really can't argue. Okay. He's the best. Like this, the guy, this guy holds that, that, that title. Um, it is interesting and it's fun. I, I do kind of like that aspect of it it's only when it turns into someone saying everyone who doesn't think anyone who disagrees that it has to be canelo because of his because of his recipe we lose in the recipes the, his resume i'm sorry anyone who yeah, says please, that it has to gonna, be canelo if you're gonna do michael irvin his, do it right we are losing i'm losing everything over here brian Anyone who says it has to be Canelo because of his resume, anyone who has to say – anyone who says it has to be you know, Uwe because of the way he's dominated his best opposition so far, anyone who says be Errol Spence or, or it has to be Terrence Crawford just because of how great they look – who the heck knows? You don't know. It doesn't have to be anyone. It is one of these guys, and hopefully we will get 
answers or we don't even need I mean, they can't all fight each other but time will tell someone will emerge and it could be you know Uwe, he's young but he's got more time to climb at least what i like about it and this is what some people hate about it is it's so close at the top that it's almost like every time one of these guys fights and they look great we slide him back into number one or, or number two. Like for me, I've, I've held Lomachenko firmly at one for a while, but I've slid two, three, and four and five around like crazy. So I'm going to read the six names that I mentioned. And all I want from you, Rafe, is a yes or no that there's a legitimate case for these guys for number one. Are you ready? Are you with me? I am with you, Brian. Vasily Lomachenko. Yes. Terrence Bud Crawford. Yes. Errol Spence, Jr. A milder yes. Canelio. Yes. Nayue the monster Inoue. Yes. Alexander Usyk. No, not yet. Uh, Wow. Uh, The guy with the Usyk hoodie is saying, hold on, BC. I liked your theory up until that point. Well, one, I, I, I kind of thought number six was going to be Harry Grebs. I, I, he no, is still no. got to give him consideration. I, I don't even you know, know if Harry Grebs' grandchildren have fought, but I have him at least in my top 15 pound for pound on, on respect alone. All right. Thank you very much. Rightly so. He earned that. He earned that. Rafe, you know um, what kind of day it is today? It's a hard one day for me today. It really is. I'm, I'm happy about life. I'm excited. I'm a week removed from my first uh, prostate ex- check exam. So life every day I separate myself from that moment is getting better, Rafe. Don't turn 40, brother. Don't. What are you, what are you, what are you trying to you're, say? I'm saying you're, that also means you're getting closer to your next oh, prostate stop exam. That, stop that. No, 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 no. I won't. You, I can't imagine somebody like Teddy allowing an exam like that to happen because it's – it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's just uh, – yeah. Right, you think I like, let that guy – You think I let that doctor – In that place <laughs> where that thing does that thing – <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> he had me flipping cheeseburgers. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. He told me he was going to drive a golf cart. It ended up being a Mack truck. Right? <laughs> he, he, put, he, put, he, he put water in my basement, and then he put hot beef. And then, yeah. All right, all right. But yeah, this see, this is why we can't have a good show, people. This is why the the word on the street is that this is a show about Jack. But we would never Jack, okay? So that is the the, the truth and the case. All righty then. I'll never fuck. I won't jack. I'll be there till I can't breathe. See, I'm Rex rated and they're not. That's the difference. All right, Rafe. Uh, Monster moves on. And now we get into the next part of the monster discussion. And that is your boy, the Pinoy Prince, Nonito Dinero. Um, I think you should finish. I think you should finish right now, Rafe. I think... <laughs> I think he should jack right now, bro. Wow, you so this is so WWF because like Nonito benefited from injury to Ryan Burnett in that fight to get it to advance, <laughs> then full on injury to Zolani Tete, so we didn't hear the lullaby song and he fought some scrub, and now your reward is to fight the killer. Wow, Rafe. Yeah, this is like I I might give Nonito a better shot against like Jason Voorhees in a fight. <laughs> like this is rough. Um, it's it's tough because 
Nonito is a prideful guy. He's had a good career. He's been a really, I mean, almost a top level pound for pound fighter earlier in his career. He deserves to carry himself with that level of pride and believe that he can go in and win a fight. It's just so hard to see him at this stage of his career having any kind of success and, and, and it's so easy to imagine just really, really brutal knockouts in that fight it's well it's like what he did to Jorge Arce once upon a time and boxing we know is a pretty uh circular sport you know if these things come around if you if you are a good enough fighter to last as long as as he has you end up getting your reward ends up being something like this pretty often which is both it's part of the the bittersweet poetry of of the fight game right Brian I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I'm I'm happy that he gets the opportunity, but it's like the opportunity for what? And I the crazy thing is when they made the brackets. When they made the brackets, I remember saying, thinking like, man, I'm just afraid that somehow Nonito grabs a couple of upsets or something happens. He ends up fighting Inoue in a title, and it's like the movie Kickbox, the beginning of the movie Kickboxer all over again. His son is there watching at ringside. He gets tongue-poed by, <laughs> by Naiyue. I mean, the, the, it, it, this is uh, – it's, it's scary. Yeah, this will be a tug-and-war of uh, death, not kindness, okay? Uh, so my initial reaction was obviously what we're all thinking of. Nonito, like, we love you. Don't and when you always go out on your shield. I mean, really, you've, you, we can say nothing bad about what Nito Nonito has done in his career in terms of trying to fight the best, not quitting, all that stuff. At first, I'm like, you're gonna, you, Poppy, your son's gonna die. And, but uh, now I, I had some hipster uh, talks while I was in Brooklyn in the back, you know, the media room area at the Barclays Center before Wilder Brazil, and some hipsters were like, well, hey, how about this, bro? Uh, Nonito is moving down two weight classes for, for, to, for this tournament. Inoue is in some ways moving above his natural weight for this tournament. Both bang. You're telling me that even if I predict now that, that Donaire ends up getting stopped, you're telling me he won't be in this fight. You're telling me that we are for sure in belief that Inoue has a world class chin, that even a Hall of Fame guy who was just at featherweight who can bang him and his brother used to bang it out all the time glenn donaire uh you're telling me that this guy can't go in there and maybe maybe do it maybe maybe make maybe not maybe do anything rafe but end up dead and i go no, i do think i do think there is a realistic case for hey he could go in there and do a lot better look surprising I could – you can – because he still has that power and you, it's easy to imagine. He's coming off a huge knockout over Stefan Young who was a replacement. But it doesn't matter. You see a knockout like that and you're like, ooh, maybe you know he still got it. He still got it. And that left hook, the power in that left hook was not good, Brian. It was not great power in that left hook. You know what kind of power it was. It was – Historic power. The raw in dog that left hook. It yeah. was not Birdo. Yeah. It was the raw dog. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready um, for this. And 
Yeah, it, 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 I could also imagine, you know, one of the things about Inoue is he fights with this incredible confidence and composure. He just goes in knowing he is going to destroy you. And could that – could you imagine a scenario where that works against him in this fight against Donaire where he comes in and is like not even – that doesn't show him any respect, thinks I'm just going to walk right through you, old man, and – he gets clipped. He gets caught by the perfect shot, and it and and it is that Hall of Fame historic shot. And somehow, Nonito oh, pulls it off. Is it possible? I actually think it is possible. Do I? Would I expect it to happen? I think it is a very long shot. I think Inoue is too explosive, Brian. I yeah, think yeah. he will land his punches first, and he will just destroy it. You know that that that's what I think will happen, but. Uh, it's not crazy to to say, well, pump the brakes. This guy, this isn't a slaughter. Blah 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 blah. But it is. You just, I yeah. Yeah. Speaking of pumping the brakes, he pumps it more than once. That is true. Um, yeah, you'd have to believe in flying kangaroos, I think, to predict a Donaire win here, as Teddy once said about the uh, Horn Crawford fight. But Rafe, it would be a spectacularly emotional and historic win. Like, I think, I mean, it would be, I almost want to be like it would be George Foreman, Michael Moore levels, but, you know, a new way we think is better than Michael Moore was at that time, and George Foreman is better than really Donaire is at this time. But still, it would be one of those, like, greatest moments by an old fighter in history. It would be spectacular. Um, if you're yeah. if you're Rachel Donaire, what do you do? What do you do? What do you Stand do? Stand by your man. You believe in this man. I mean, and and you've already seen him fight the Axe Man. You've seen him lose in different ways. Yes. You've seen him come back in different ways. You've seen him rise from the ashes, so to speak. This is this is. You know, you could. Do you want her to pull the Melissa Cotto on him right now? Do you want to hear that from Nonito? You love that. It's your favorite thing that ever happened in boxing. You want you want Nonito to be in there before the fight, being like, "This is all. This is all I do. This is all I have. What can I do, Rachel?" That's what you want. Uh, would you risk it all for Rachel, or you? you that, that upsets you to talk about. You that. ask me this every time. The answer is no for a million reasons. Right. I am taken, Brian, and she is taken. <laughs> and I respect no need to. I respect the the bond of marriage. Whether it's my, even though I'm unmarried, I'm not out here trying to do stuff like that. So basically, what you're saying is you don't normally talk about women on this podcast unless you fornicate with them. That's really what you're saying. <laughs> That's a, that. Look, when you put it that way. There are some woman judges out here that I should probably stop talking about because I have not fornicated with them. Wow. Wow. I'm going to make you my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, quickly on that WBSS main event from Scotland. And uh, by, by the way, were you down with this broadcast uh, UK team that included Carl Frampton on color? Because his – accent is so freaking thick like like uh it's deep in belfast i had trouble even understanding him rafe 
Um, I listen to the Carl Frampton TKO podcast, Brian. So I am now, I am now on the wavelength. I hear Jimmy right. when it comes to the Jackal. The only person who I haven't been able to understand on that podcast was the great Martin Murray. I need to, we need to look up where he's from. We need to revisit his collaboration, what the collaboration that brought about his accent, because that's a tough one for me to pick up when he's talking to, I took me three times listening to his drug stories about street robbing and being, Drinking the full bottle of JHB. And I was just like, what are you saying? What? <laughs> um, but I'm cool with Frampton. And okay, we can, I, this is a little bit of the me? main course. Um, but the thing, the thing I liked about Frampton and it wasn't really anything he did, but it, for, it ended up being foreshadowing for the night, for the, for the whole day of boxing. The theme of the day was, Post knockdown reaction shots, and after the second in the Ue knockdown, there's a they, they zoom in and you can see Frampton at ringside. He just has this look on his face where he like looks over in away and shakes his head like God damn yeah, that man yeah. is something else. Like Frampton's um, probably thinking to himself, uh, if I go to one thirty now, it's probably safe enough distance from this monster, right? <laughs> like I would rather. Rafe, are you with me right now? I'm really questioning if you're with me right now. Oh, boy. Oh, man, Rafe. Please, tell me. Tell me. Are you here with me or not? Me. Look at are you me. with me? Look at me. Are you with me? Oh, boy. Oh, you're back, Deontay Rafe. Wilder knocking. All right, Rafe, we didn't hear any of that. I'm sorry. You weren't with me. Now you're back. We didn't hear any of that, okay? It's the truth. You spoke. No one heard it. This is live podcasting, Rafe. It's not supposed to go down like this, all right? Are you with me? Now, now I'm with you. Nobody heard anything you, you said, Rafe. Do you oh. hear me? Do you hear the words coming oh. out of my mouth? Do you know how bad this show has turned, Rafe? We, no Do one... you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, Brian? All right. Damn. What did you say, Rafe? The people, they need it. They need it. Well, I don't well, – where was I? I don't know, Rafe, because you oh, – Oh, man. Lost you. All, right. All right. You know what then? You know what you then? Gonna screw say, it. Yeah, screw it. Screw it. Rafe, screw let's it. get You know what? We're going back. Uh, we're, let's talk. Um, Baranchik Taylor. Oh, Shoot. I like I mean, this Taylor, fight. that guy's good, man. I'm telling you, that guy's good. He might be the – I'm going to – I'll tell you right now. You can laugh at me. I'm going to pick him over Rougarou when that fight happens. Rafe, I'm finally woketh to the level I need to be. I love me some Tartan Tornado. I love me some Josh Taylor from Scotland. Wow. Love this fight because we know Ivan Baranchik comes to do two things at your party, right? Right? Get an Aryan haircut and bang. And that guy, I mean, wow. Rafe, this fight, Josh Taylor, he he wears the kilt-like trunks. He kind of looks visually like a... Junior welterweight version of Andy Lee, just by the way he stands and, and holds himself up, but he's a, he's got some slickness. He uses his size well and stands behind his guard. He's got some balls. He's a southpaw. Fifth, what is he, 16 and 0 with 12 KOs? And he's rising, Rafe. And this was a hard fight because Baranchik puts power behind everything he throws. Freddie Roach in his corner. And we knew there was potential. Unless Josh Taylor could come out and do a winky right to Felix Trinidad type of takedown where it's just, I'm going to just out slick you for 12 rounds and you have nothing. We knew there could be a moment of truth here for Josh Taylor. And there was in round five, Rafe. 
I know it was sort of started by a, not a headbutt, but Josh Taylor ran into the shoulder of Branchick and it sort of wobbled him. But in the midst of that, when Taylor started to get lit up by Branchick, he was calling him on in, in ways that weren't smart. And they went at it in a phone booth in round five. And that was both Branchick's moment to win the fight and Taylor's moment to show us whether he is for real. Whether he in this open field at 140 where we're trying to find out who's the best. And thank God we have things like the WBSS who actually make that happen, by the way. Rafe, he withstood that storm. And did you see the first knockdown in round six when he came back, floored Branchick twice, and that first one on that left hook, good Lord, Rafe, that counter shot, this guy can fight. He has a stick. I'm behind him. Well, uh, you know, limitedly behind. Uh, I'm behind him, Rafe. Buy that tartan tornado stock. The thing I'm really impressed with right now is that we've gotten a chance to see him tested and he's answering those questions. That's something, it's not the fault of a lot of the fighters we're so excited about because they're either blowing out good competition or they're just not getting the great, the, the better kinds of, of competition to, to test them in these ways. But we've seen Taylor come back on the cards against Victor Postal. We've seen him pull up, get, get knockdowns in that fight that helped him make that comeback. We've seen him, like you said, respond to getting a little shooken up by the, the, the weird collision followed by Baranchik trying to seize that moment in the fifth round and then answer come right back and knock him down. To, Taylor knocked Baranchik down twice in the sixth round. He has, he has something. I'm not willing to go all the way out on the limb and say that he is a guy who will be in that pound for pound discussion, but he's, I see, I, I really like what I see both in terms of the way he handles himself in the ring, his bang a little bit, oh, yeah. uh, control distance. He does a little bit of everything. I really like it, Brian. So here's the deal, Rafe. And yes, he'll bang. <laughs> he does that. Uh, in the fifth round, we, we... I am more man. I have bigger huevos. Those Scottish huevos are impressive. But Rafe, let's have, let's, let's have a real talk, all right? We're American boxing yeah. fans. Here's the real talk. It's very easy, as Dwyer would say, to fall in love with a fighter who no longer exists. And many times, many times as American boxing fans, we have fallen in love with a Caucasian UK fighter who we thought may have been something that he wasn't. And almost exclusively, Rafe, these guys wasn't. You you know, I mean, we, do we have to bring in Sean Porter to basically spell it out for us at this point? It ain't. Are you saying Josh Taylor ain't? And it won't. And you're not, and you ain't. I'm saying by, yeah, simple as that. Simple as that. I'm from the lip to the cup. I'm saying by definition, Rafe, these guys are meant to break our heart. Like, yes, Ricky Hatton will go down as a Hall of Famer. His career was great, but he was angling to be the greatest from that region, going up to the top of the pops to fight Mayweather and Pacquiao. And even he ultimately, when he came to America, disappointed and proved he doesn't have it. But there's been many, many guys below him, the Lewis Ritson Sandman types, two higher guys, Rafe, who look friggin' fantastic on the domestic level. They steal your heart. They steal your wallet. But when they get in that airplane or they get on that boat 
and they cross the streams and cross the shores and they come to America and they get on the brightest stage, Rafe, they get sent to hell in a British handbasket. Does Josh Taylor have it when he goes in there with Regis Progre for three of four 140-pound world titles, which, again, thank you, WBSS, for doing things in boxing that other promotions won't do, right? Not just kissing men on the lips, not just that type of stuff, but making tournaments that crown kings of divisions. Rafe, does Josh Taylor have it for real, or does he have it to stimulate me move my needle, and then ultimately he's going to get his heart broken and his jaw broken, and he's going to get sent to hell by an American. Well, that's, that's again, you you already thank the WBSS. I'm, I want to thank them too. I want Callie Sauerland, you can kiss me on the lips for giving me all of this great boxing, all of these matchups, all of these meaningful fights that lead to a point and and really make the case that the the person who comes out on the top of this hill when they get to a championship level when they get to the, the the Muhammad Ali trophy your big giant gold slinky that that is going to be that that means something now because because of who you have to beat to get there and look yeah we're going to we're going to learn something about Josh Taylor against Regis Progre we're also going to learn something about Regis Progre can some of his uh can some of the way that prograde doesn't do everything uh according to classic boxing techniques some of the times he pulls back with his hands down some of the some of the flashy flash he's pulling in there will that work against a guy who's got the reach and length of Josh Taylor and the the uh, the, the classiness that's the thing i'm not so i don't fall in love I not only do I not fall in love with fighters who no longer exist, Brian, I don't fall in love with uh Caucasian fighters like you do. <laughs> um sometimes How I like dare them, you. What do I have I a history of liking like Jason Litzow and who else? <sighs> Nobody else. Well, I did proclaim <laughs> David Price the heavyweight would be the next big thing. And uh yeah. All well, right. you're the one who 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 brought this 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 trend up and it is something especially it's more of a uk fighter thing um that where these guys fall short when they reach that world level but to me taylor looks different he doesn't he's because he's not a he's not one of these well he's a bit of a banger he's a bit of a brawler but he's got some class and he's got his tough as his tough as nails he'll figure out a way to gut out the win this is not he's not if he josh taylor the way he looks he's not a guy who's going to gut out wins He's a guy who, I mean, he can if he needs to, I think, or it's looking like he may be that kind of guy. But he, I think he appears to be the kind of fighter who will go in and beat other elite fighters by boxing, by jabbing, by outmoving them, by being able to compete on an athleticism level with fighters from the United States, with fighters who aren't pasty white guys from Glasgow and and Sunderland and all of the Enderlands in the in the UK. Yes, I think he looks like the kind of fighter, athlete, talent who 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 has panache on the world level. The same way the the same way Tyson Fury has panache on that world level. That's why I believe in Josh Taylor. He is not waste of time. He's not rubbish. He's not he has panache. 
It's going to be interesting. I love that Ruguru traveled there. I love that they did a little face-off in the ring. Rafe, this is must-see TV when they book this. I hope the winner ends up facing uh, uh, Ramirez of, of top rank in ESPN. Who isn't he trying to face Hooker? He's a hooker. Maurice Hooker, Mo Hooker, Hooker headlines. Uh, on DAZN, I give top rank credit for this, by the way, allowing Jose Ramirez, as they're trying to set this up, to go to DAZN to fight Hooker. Rafe, it seems that we are headed to actually finding out who's the best 140 in the world. And sometimes you can get what you want in boxing, right? Right. But honestly, these guys who are not in the WBSS, Maurice Hooker and Jose Ramirez, both good fighters, both I understand how they got their claims on 100 miles, but you know what? These guys aren't the real at this weight. My eyeballs tell me that, and I believe my eyeballs, my eye holes. I know, like, like I, I don't know everything about boxing. I can be wrong, but I'm pretty confident that the cream of this division are – Pro Gray Taylor, I think Branchick would beat both Ramirez and Hooker. Wow, just, these, those guys—they're the Lucian Dutes of this tournament. Wow. And that's so why they wearing, aren't in it. They're wearing white pants and loafers without socks. That's really where you're, where you're going with this. You got to look at the entire man, Rafe. Okay, because I've looked at a lot of guys. I mean, how many guys, Dwyer? How many? Many guys. Many guys. Many guys. And when it comes to looks up bar. Yeah, yep, yep, they do. And when it comes to uh many guys wearing wearing white pants in public like Lucian Butte. Folks, that's not Are the way men do it. You know? All right. Well you're back, Rafe. I was pausing entertaining the crowd Are you with, with sound me? drops, you're back. Uh daddy does love pot. That kid think that daddy has some pot coin because daddy <laughs> endorses the use of marijuana. Wow. Hey, shout out to Campbell, California and the fine boxing fans there. Hopefully they are able to find a secondary location to watch a Canelo fight, right? We haven't, we, we will follow up on that. We will report on that and, and find out what, you know, what did happen there. So thank you. Um, let me ask you, Brian. Yeah. What where's got? a great place to watch a Deontay Wilder knockout? Is it from, Maybe five rows back with the camera in your face, slack jawed, or maybe is it from five rows back with your iPhone in your face? What was going well, on? So Dan Rayfield sitting next to me, and now, of course, the slow mo video of Deontay Wilder sending Dominic Brazil to hell on Saturday night on Showtime from the Barclays Center has made the rounds everywhere. Millions of retweets. Many, many guys have seen this clip, and I somehow was the only one that watched this with a straight face. Sort of, I mean, on the inside, I was going, oh my God, but my face was whatever. Everyone else was jaw dropped, including, um, Miguel Flores, Ray Flo's brother, who was ringside and had, it became the star of that moment because his face looked like somebody had, uh, uh, slipped him a, somebody had checked his prostate basically in the moment there. But, uh, yeah, Dan Rayfield next to me had, had his phone out, but had it out in like an old guy way of either, was he trying to capture a picture? Was he checking his emails? I don't know, Rafe. We'll have to dig a little bit deeper, but that's been the talk of the internet. But Rafe, oh my God. Um, a first round knockout wasn't out of the question for this fight, given the punchers, the size, the bad blood between them. But, Separate from this hipster, angry, cranky response on Twitter I'm seeing of people going, well, Wilder still can't fight and Brazil sucks anyway. Outside of that crap, Rafe, how freaking devastating was that one-two hiding the right hand behind the jab 
and sending a guy who, yes, doesn't move his head, but is a credible heavyweight contender to the basement of hell, Rafe. Good Lord, I was there. In fact, I'm not going to ask you. I'll tell you, Rafe, that was violent as ish. That's heavyweight title boxing. That's wow. Them are men in there. Wow, brother. I mean, sometimes you got to take a step back and just say, like, I mean, he ripped his suit off and showed that S, Rafe. That was like, wow, humbling. Were you not moved humbling, by this? Humbling just to watch. I'm with Scary you, Brian. Humbling. I am with you. Um, yeah, you know, look, I'm, I can, you, I'm, I'm hearing Jimmy a little bit when it comes to those hipsters tweeting in my ear, chirping a little bit. They're, you know what they're saying? They're saying, against who? Against who? Um, yeah, we got that drop on this board. Against who? Against who? Against who? Against who? All right. All right. Yeah. What do you got? Cause. Yeah, because this uh, Brazil has not really ever been good. He's been Dude. going to war with with Negrons and and uh, did you and, just uh, did you Zonos. just get racist right there? Where, where are you going with that? <laughs> no, the, All right, uh, let me... what's the Carlos? What's the guy? His last opponent, Negron. Yeah. Um. Here's the deal, Rafe. I'm ready to say it like this. Okay. This is not the 1970s or not the 1990s where heavyweight. Boxing was so deep, and you had contenders and even pretenders who you can argue would be world champions today. But we have what we have, and it is a little bit of a renaissance division. And we have the super elites of Wilder, Joshua, Fury. Are they on the level of the super elites from the 70s and 90s? Probably not. But they are who we are and who we have right now. We've got the sub-elites of Luis Ortiz and Povetkin. And then we have the Class B and Class B+. And you could say all you want, that Brazil sucks and he doesn't move his head and all this he, stuff. But for 2019... He is, he is a pretender in that class. He was built up on garbage, well, hot garbage. They, he got, he got that shot at Joshua because he was a easy mark, a PBC fighter who was worked up the rankings and they cashed his ass out. He's been worse since wow. he took that beating. Wow. You just beat Polly and took his girl with that one. What I'm saying here is I'm not trying to tell you Brazil is a world beater. What I am trying to tell you, Rafe, and apparently you're not with me right now, is that Brazil is a B heavyweight fighter in 2019, a guy who gets title shots, a guy who in those title shots tries to win, a guy who at this point, call him pretender all you want, only has two losses, and they are on the title level against probably the two best heavyweights in the game right now. Is he great? No. Would he have a chance to beat the Ray Mercer, Burt Cooper types? And shout out to Burt Cooper passing away, by the way, RIP. Uh, probably not. But for 2019, He's a B heavyweight you need to get through to get to the next level and get to that next big fight. And the one thing I'll say about him, Rafe, he tries to win fights. He talked the, the talk, and he came in there, and he actually connected with a pretty good right hand on Wilder when he got backed up into the corner, and he was there to fight. He was there to try to win, unlike some of these other schlubs. So I don't necessarily get the reaction of Wilder still sucks and Brazil sucks worse. Um, Brazil's a tough out in 2019 where we don't have a legendary group of heavyweights. And Wilder went in there and beat the S out of him in one round in highlight reel, all-time scary fashion, quicker than Joshua did. And I think it's time right now, Rafe, that we realize who Wilder is and how he's evolving. He's 
freaking dangerous as crap. Did Fury expose his deficiencies? Yes. But Fury is a historic heavyweight in the fact that he does things other heavyweights won't do. And I don't just mean lift up surf and safari and boy shorts and kiss him, Rafe. So what I'm saying here is this knockout win was unreal. And Rafe, Wilder is getting better every time. And I have a very important question to ask you. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. And I'm ready for you to counter me and say, Campbell, stop it right now. Brazil's a D-class heavyweight, and Fat Stiverne in that rematch never should have been in that ring. But, Rafe, there's this thing called the Bronze Bomber. When Wilder gets really mad, and he turns into, like, recklessly aggressive and dangerous heavyweight, almost like a throwback to round one Mike Tyson from the 80s in terms of the intentions that I'm going to go in there and knock you the F out. I know you don't put a lot of stock in that rematch with Stavern and how he got him out of there, but there was a confidence level that was almost scary in the execution and how he did that. I saw that bronze bomber come back out in this fight. I didn't see it against Fury. If he can channel that, if he can enter each fight, whether it's against Joshua or Fury or whether it's against Konatsky or that fisherman, what's the guy's name that we love so much? Uh, from Duapas. Duapas. If he can come in, cause I don't think, Rafe, he came in against Gerald Washington, Duapas, Eric Molina, with the intention of, I'm going to stop you in rounds one, two, or three. I think he came in with the, let me jab, let me set up my shot, and then as those guys got tired, he put them away. Rafe, I think he is maturing to a level, mentally, physically, and figuring out technique-wise what he can do. He may be ready to actually become this generation's Tyson from the standpoint of, I'm going to go in there, and if I decide to try to KO you in the first few rounds, I don't think you can survive against me, unless maybe you're Tyson Fury. Am I making this crap up and Brazil just sucks, or are we seeing a guy evolve into a level where, technique or not, he may be the best heavyweight in the world? Um. I think that you I, – I mean I agree with the point about him fighting in a way where, look, uh, if I'm going to knock you out right early, that's a good thing for me to do. That might be his best way to to enter every fight. The alter ego stuff, the bronze bomber stuff, uh, revisit his collaboration at the face-to-face -face with Tyson Fury when Tyson Fury said – what basically called BS pulled his card on the alter ego stuff and laughed at him. Cause that's how I think it's BS, Brian. It's just stupid marketing that I it's, it's just a joke, man. Yeah. You know why he looked great against the two guys who weren't trying to get out of the way of his punches and stood there and let him knock him, knock them. They were there to do that. If you do that, he has no pan. The you know what else the bronze I can say about the bronze bomber? He's got no panache. No and so, panache. Uh, no flair. No show. Waste of money. Uh, and against guys who know what they're doing and are capable of of making him miss. As we saw against Tyson Fury, I don't think he was less motivated in that fight. He seemed plenty motivated to, uh, to, at the weigh-in the day before when he was going, when, during, during the, to this day rant, right? He seemed pretty mad in that moment. You're saying he wasn't mad when he got in the ring? No, let me, let me clarify. Later? Let me clarify. Let me clarify. To this day! To this day! To this day! He admits that he f sort of froze against Tyson Fury, and I, and I agree with that. And I, and you, you believe that? You really believe that, son? 
Okay, he, look, he, he, look he, I'm he a Tyson Fury guy. Because he, he got beat. All right, I'm a Tyson Fury guy. Tyson Fury outclassed him. Tyson Fury won that fight. What I'm trying to say is I do see a Wilder in that fight who once it became clear he wasn't going to be able to hit Fury the way he wanted to, that sort of froze on the moment of the stage and wasn't his best self. And rallied, put it together late and rallied to kind of save face, but still didn't deserve the win. But what I'm saying is, I'm not saying the, the bronze bomber thing from sort of a, you know, devilish, spiritual, let me go into my alter ego and if I do, you can't beat me. I'm talking more about the mindset of becoming the bronze bomber and saying, I don't care if you're Tyson Fury, AJ, or anyone, if I decide to walk you down in the early part of a fight and go for it, there is not a person that can take my stuff because Rafe, I don't think he tried that against Fury. I think he got in there, tried to box a little bit, was getting outclassed and was missing and was getting kind of played with and then sort of settled into one punch at a time mode. I'm saying if he decides to go there because of his athleticism and his long jab and add a little bit more wrinkles and be that guy who tries to get rid of people early, it might actually work. That's all I'm saying. And I know it looks better against a Brazil or a Stavern, but I'm not convinced that if he rushes Fury and tries to make it a four-round fight, that even with how much I love Fury, that he wouldn't still have a great chance of getting a knockdown or a knockout. I, I agree with that because for all of my complaining about this, all of my honestly, you know, rough on my all, I don't know, analysis of, of how good Deontay Wilder is, that power is real. His, he is tall, long. A great athlete, especially for heavyweight boxing in this era, and that adds up to him being dangerous against anyone. He could be, you know, a lot of people are, are I've seen, I've seen on Twitter a few times the idea that Fury beats, you know, sort of the way the styles match up. Fury beats Wilder. Wilder beats Joshua, Joshua beats Fury, and you can sort of now hopefully, unfortunately, since we will probably not see those fights in the next two years or whatever, um, we're gonna have to keep imagining them like that, and that that's that I do kind of see how they all match up differently, and and could and could give you know have that kind of fun round robin where one guy is the kryptonite for the other, but they can but there is no clear. Guy, a clear winner of the three because they all have their different strengths and weaknesses. And yeah, Deontay Wilder, if he commits to to just knocking you out and you can't get out of the way of his punches, he will knock you out because he's that that part I do not doubt at all. And shoot, it's boxing, a knockout wins in right away. So that is a good. Had to pick one thing to be good at. He picked the right <laughs> thing because he's really only good at one thing, but he is. The best at that one thing. I mean, you know, and you could argue that why would he do that if he has such great stamina? And let's be honest, he went the distance with Stavern the first time only because his hand hurt. Fury's the only guy to go the distance against him in reality against a healthy Wilder. And even he came back from hell and got dropped twice. So my point on that is if you're going to counter my argument of just become Tyson and go for it, every single opponent, as they get tired and Wilder doesn't, he figures them out late and takes them out. So maybe it's not the smartest move. I'm just saying maximize on his strengths. He's adding some wrinkles. I don't know if you saw that left uppercut to the body against Brazil. He's starting to sort of figure out within his own awkwardness what he's good at technically. And if he can make a run at being 
this killer. And maybe if you can't get Joshua and those other guys, go on a Golovkin-type run of fighting every three months and just say whoever. No, 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 no. I heard this already, Brian. No, 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 no. Stop that crap. Stop that crap. How is he going to fight every three months? They don't have a – where are they going to get the money to pay him $5 million or whatever he's going to want every three months? First that all, is never happening. He is trying to be a pay-per-view fighter. He wants to fight once or twice a year against bums and make us pay for it. Wow, wow. Uh Okay, we'll get into where he's going next, but I'm just saying the, from the idea of Eddie Hearn says it, AJ says it, everybody says it, you're the heavyweight champion of the world in America. You have the looks, you have the, the voice, you have the power, you have everything, and nobody knows who you are. Certainly his wildest profile has been raised from the Fury fight, and I would assume from Saturday's fight, but to really become that crossover guy and to make – an AJ Wilder fight happened sooner because the economics demanded it. It couldn't hurt to just become this freaking bronze bomber every single time and go for the kill. And by the way, as insensitive and off as his comments were last week, after our podcast aired, when he came out and did the whole Drago thing instead of Brazil dies, he dies, make funeral arrangements, uh, Boxing is the only sport where you get paid to kill a man in a ring. I want a body on my record. All that stuff that turned everybody off. Hey, by the he way. Said, Here is something you can't understand. Yes. How um, I could just kill a man. Now, look, is that insensitive in 2019 with our understandings of head trauma and people dying in the ring historically? Yes. But also it's really good marketing. And if it's playing the villain for the first time actively, which, by the way, Floyd did to great financial success. And I actually think, Rafe, it brought a lot of attention to this fight. And look, it's a shtick, guys. Um, Do you remember? If he doesn't die, it doesn't count. If he's not dead, it doesn't count. That's Tyson talking about Razor Ruddick. Tyson also said he would eat Lennox's children. It's a shtick. But my thing is, becoming the Bronze Bomber and trying to knock you out early, it fits well if you're also telling the press, I'm going to kill this man. So I'm just saying here, I was long, slow to come around that Wilder might actually end up being the, the last heavyweight standing. For a while in the AJ Wilder debate, I had AJ. And then once Fury came back and shown us that he could still be Fury, I now personally think Fury would be the last man standing if all three fought each other. But Wilder certainly has the wild card with that power. And I think what I saw on Saturday night is a steady improvement. Even though he took a step back in the Fury fight, definitely. I thought he lost that fight. I'm seeing a steady improvement that should he decide to just go for it, Rafe, there may not be anybody, including Tyson Fury, that can stop him. So it's an interesting debate. That was a scary knockout. I thought he set it up beautifully with that jab. It was a fun little fight for one round. Wow. I got a lot of wows coming at you. Um, he's preached patience afterwards, Rafe, in the idea of AJ or Fury. And look, it's not going to happen this year, so people can get off of that. But are you okay with the Luis Ortiz rematch this year, a Konachki fight next spring, and then we see what we can do for next fall? Although Eddie Hearn is all over Twitter through Coppinger saying they want that fight now. So there's a lot of questions in there. Do you care about the Ortiz fight? Would you be, do you think we have to wait a year? And is it smart for Hearn seeing what he did to Brazil to go, you know what? Let's get Wilder now before he grows into this person we're talking about. I want you to answer all those questions for me. Okay. Um, well, I do think that Wilder does have a nicer route to stringing along this process than, say, Fury or Anthony Joshua have. Because those fights against Luis Ortiz and even Adam Kownatsky, 
you look at them and say, all right, I'm a- I actually don't hate those. They're, they're much harder to just crap on and say, are you serious? Do we have, are you, uh, Max, 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 are you serious? Do, do we have this? Do we have to watch that? Um, they're good fights. Ortiz almost won their first, uh, revisit their collaboration, right? Ortiz. Ortiz was up. He should have been up on all three scorecards, but the judges were setting up to screw him. We know this. And I don't think that is true, but he almost knocked him out. He almost stopped him in the seventh round. So that is a, it was, and that was a fun fight. And, and I, he, I think he has a good argument for that rematch. Uh, I mean, for getting that rematch, do I think that he would win it necessarily? I don't know. It's hard to say, but anyway, it's hard to complain about those fights for Deontay Wilder. It does set up some absolute, uh, some, some, it does, it makes the other sides of the aisle, of the three-ringed aisle circus of the heavyweight division, it makes those a little less appealing because after the Schwaz, who does Tyson Fury fight? Does he does he does he fight Oscar Rivas or or Dillian White? Does he does he fight anyone decent? Does do we get anything out of that? Um, on the other side, you know, Alex. Alexander Usyk, of course, tore his bicep. He's out indefinitely, so we don't really know if, how, and when he's going to look uh, if when he returns to the heavyweight division. So that exciting wild card is out. Anthony Joshua, I don't know what is next for him if it can't be a big fight like Wilder or or Tyson Fury. I, I just got to – it's weird. It's a strange position to be in, but it just puts me in that, oh, my God, I think I'm just – Rooting for, I think I'm just rooting for Vladimir Klitschko to come back. Yes. Do I really want the USB stick to come back and inject a little bit of of excitement or something, something, something to look forward to in this division? Oh, um, yeah. I'm ready for it. Give it to me. Hey guys, hey guys, I'm back. I'm back. I want to go to I the birthplace. I love I want to go to the birthplace. That is the birthplace of AJ. <laughs> I would like to revisit their collaboration. One more thing here from, uh, remember the time he, he said? During the 12th round, I'll get him for a pizza face and then I will knock him out with a steel hammer in the 12th. Oh, I love that, man. Um, Great prediction. Um, yeah. what, so, but Brian, it, it, it upsets me. It upsets me that they're really milking it like this it, and i and honestly it makes me want to root i'm root uh, this is this is my position on the heavyweight division i am rooting against all three of the the top heavyweights because i don't like what they're doing so you it's, want them to it, lose it, it, so they get so they have to fight each other is that what you're saying i want no the, i just don't want i'm i'm no longer rooting for good things to happen in their careers oh wow so anyone can upset them that's what i want to see because they're just they're they're screwing us. They're giving us the prostate exam. Are you and are you like actively rooting for like herpes for AJ or something? No, 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 no. I just would prefer for them to lose. You know, I don't care. There don't need to be any stitties involved. No, no chlamydia from Lydia. Nothing like that. I mean, that's I, – I, what what happened with Mrs. Khan was a long time ago, man. Rafe, I got a question to ask you from Jim Gray's collaboration on Saturday. Hey, 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 hey. Are you down with him really putting it on Wilder? Because there's a growing trend of, of – uh, there's a new take out there. And I want to know if you would agree, agree with it. I'm trying to 
think what podcast it was that I listened to last week that that talked about this. Shout out to whoever did. Sorry for the lack of uh, – but the whole idea, and it's not a new idea, but putting it like this, that, look, watch Amir Khan. Watch these other guys. If you actually want a certain fight and you publicly don't stop talking about it and in the back rooms you put nothing but pressure on your managers and promoters and networks, eventually that fight will get made. So from the standpoint that – we can all sit around and go, oh, that's just boxing. Maybe it's AJ, Fury, and Wilder's fault completely, which is why you're saying you're wishing STDs on them. So are you okay when Jim Gray comes out and basically is like, well, Wilder, like, people don't want this. People don't want Luis Ortiz who's standing behind me. People don't want to see you fight Brazil. It's not acceptable. And by the way, what a ballsy Jim Gray move. Like, I was hoping Chad Curtis was going to come in the ring and, and, and flip him off or something. But, like, do you see Brazil refuse to be interviewed by him afterwards? Because in front of everybody, Jim just called him worthless, basically. But are you okay, ultimately, with Jim's rant and the idea that talk to me when you're ready because it's your fault? What a what a difficult position you're putting me in here, Brian. I am not often sitting in these shoes and trying to figure out with a way to get out of the trap you've just laid where I'm going to say, yeah, that was actually a good thing that Jim Gray did. And I don't love him. I, 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 well, it's weird because I just spent this entire podcast being um, pretty – perhaps unfairly uh, negative about uh, Dominic Brazil. Um, yeah, you basically but, were like, oh, wait, was he a great big fat person? Yeah, I mean, come on, Rafe. Um, so I, I can't, it's hard for me to turn around and be like, that bastard Jim Gray showing no respect for a fighter in the ring. Of course, I am just a man behind a keyboard. I am a, I am a washed nobody. Uh, and so I am, that means I'm allowed to be a total jerk off. Um, no, I shouldn't, we should not, we should not strive to do that. Do not do that, guy. Don't be me. Um, but so I, I both understand why Brazil was like, look, I'm not talking to you, dude. Like you just caught, you just said nobody wants to see me fight. Um, even though there is some truth to that, I think that overall, whether or not you know Jim Gray's delivery, his I, I think every time he goes up there and does his I'm going to challenge an athlete thing. I think I kind of get the feeling that he's doing it more for himself or it comes off a little self-aggrant. He's putting himself over in wrestling terms. Um, but it may be for the greater good in this, in that, yes, I. Are you with me, Rafe? Please. With you. I'm. Uh, speak it. Speak I am it. with you, Brian. Speak it, receive it. Go All on. right. I will speak it, believe it. Hopefully it will be received. Um, yeah, anything that keeps the pressure on these actually just make the decision to, to face each other rather than playing out the string, even when there are a decent number of respectable heavyweight opponents out there, right? Dillian White is there. See, that's, that, that was one of my problems with this Wilder fight. How, how did Dominic Brazil get the WBC nod over Dillian White, when they the WBC playing these silly games with their with their rankings, so they could get the guy they want in there. I think I do. I, I think Wilder knocks out Dillian White also, maybe early if he commits to it in the way you're talking about. 
But that's a real fight. That's yeah. a, and 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 Dillian White would have a live shot of winning. Brazil, unfortunately, is just not alive. Uh, was not a live dog in that fight. Even though him coming to win in that fight just meant he was an easier mark because he he was going in there and trusting his ability to take punches from Deontay Wilder. Don't do that, folks. Well, I don't, don't like try that people that. made fun of him for that when. Okay, so what are you going to do? Do an Eric Molina and linger for six, seven, eight rounds and try to land a couple counter jabs and then yes. eventually get stopped when you tire out? We learn nothing from that. There's nothing wrong with trying, giving yourself the best chance to win a fight. And no, if you're in against thing. someone that dangerous, you don't going in but there and being the like thing, man to man with them is not always smart if you don't have the skills for it. If you get into about the sixth, seventh round, especially if you're a great big fat person, you're not going to give yourself the best chance by lingering late because Wilder doesn't get tired and he typically takes a while to figure you out and will finish you late. I think the best chance to actually get Wilder is to realize that heavyweights are big and they can punch and everybody's vulnerable and attack him. Yes, you're walking into oncoming traffic, but that may be the only way to beat him. Ortiz looked like he was outclassing him and the judges had Wilder up across the board as PBC's money man. It's just, it's frustrating. You gotta strap it on and do it. Strapping it on and going toe to toe with a foe is something most of us will never experience. So we may not understand it, but I think that was the best way to try to win for Brazil. To gain respect and try to hurt Wilder. Guess what? You got sent to hell he probably was anyway rafe in my opinion he's a sacrificial lad no he's a suitable contender and he went for it and he came up empty are you okay with wilder ortiz too is there actually enough intrigue to be built up to say well look ortiz was the better fighter that night wilder just courageously fought through the storm and then as Ortiz started to tire, put him away are do you think the fight would be any more or less competitive what do you think um, it's interesting. I think, I think I am okay with it. I was toying with the idea of saying, you know what? I'm not okay with any of these interim fights, these, these fights, these marination fights, even ones that are respectable and decent matchups like Ortiz Wilder two would be, but you just, I, we gotta, we gotta be honest and take each fight as it comes. Wilder Ortiz, a rematch is a fight worth watching. Uh, there's, I, and I could, it would, it would lend some credence to this idea that Wilder's developing if he could come out and get an early knockout of Luis Ortiz and actually make a statement like, no, 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 I am better now. I am, I have more confidence. I have a little bit more technique. I have a little bit more going on. And, and this, this is actually a, a man who is developing in the ring. Um, it may or may not be the case. It's it's a worthy fight to watch. It's also one that we that makes you still makes you kind of pissed off that you're seeing that rather than the fights that, that really matter the most in this division. So yes, it's a good fight. I'm still picked off about. The, yeah, yeah. What do you? Care? Um, yeah. I'm also. It also makes me think of Adam Kownatsky. He's a guy who's going to get splattered by Deontay yes. Wilder because yes. yes, he has some craft. But he's going to do the, the Brazil thing. He's going to do what you like to do and come in with a terrible game plan for Deontay Wilder, which is like, I am going into a fight against a tank with a rock. Yeah, um, yeah. and that, and, and going to just run into it. That ain't going to work against this guy. Um, anyway, while Ortiz too, I think he get, I, I actually, 
it's worth. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's worth seeing. I, I have a feeling that actually Wilder could come out and and just blow him out if he if, it would be if Ortiz. Very impressive. It would be yeah. insane. Like um, that might make him a star. I'm serious. Like the. I think that he's turning the corner. I think that people are finally. You know, look, if, but that's the thing about my argument about being a Golovkin, which you say can't happen financially, and maybe you're right, but what, guess what being a Golovkin does? Constantly put, puts gifts on the internet, which, which grabs big casual, people. big gift, yeah, yeah, big gift to people. And it grabs fan, casual fans and says, you need to watch this fellow that you heard of, but don't know a ton about. Find me fighting on June 1st at MSG, Liverpool MC in NYC, holding it down, I ain't a clown, I'm ready to rebound, I'ma knock Miller out around the eighth round, he can't round with the champ, I lick him down like a stamp, I'm going to knock him oh, with oh, the clamp. Oh, time out, hey! Wow. Uh, transition there, Rafe, because the heavyweight conversation will only continue in the next few weeks. We, of course, have AJ, Andy Ruiz Jr., June 1st, and then June 15th. Fury needs the Schwartz, and then another fight. And may the Schwartz be with you. So we'll be able to uh, grade their performances um, against one another and sort of... Uh, uh, continue this discussion. Rafe, before we get into uh, Do You Care to close this show, we do have a special guest sliding in to have a, a, a conversation that we need to have here. Hold on a second. Rafe, I've got my co-host uh, on the State of Combat MMA show here, South Florida's own Brandon Wise, making a cameo. I'm down in the Fort Lauderdale office as we establish. Rafe, I don't know if you've been woke to this Twitter thing that's going on, this MMA show thing. I know you don't mess with MMA for very smart and understandable reasons. UFC are a bunch of skinhead white guys watching people in the ring who are also look like skinhead white guys. Rafe, this tall drink of water, Brandon Wise at 6'5 and like 240, who's in the best shape of his life, has challenged me to a sparring match that will take place. The parameters are before the end of 2019. I have yet to get unwasheth and enter training camp. This guy's peaking in prime. Did I make a bad choice? How do I win this fight? What does this fight look like, Rafe? Three rounds with headgear and 16-ounce gloves. And I hate to break this. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, my friend, but you know how, you know what we were saying earlier about Nonito Donaire no, getting to no. fight? No, yeah, you know, Uwe later this year. This guy wise is not the monster. He's got to be able to see if I could get my stamina. You, up. my friend, are not Nonito. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, I mean, it may be the ugliest sparring. If, Carson and Jamel Charlo. Oh, I mean, that. where where stop are we going that. with this? Is this are you do you uh, do you think you're going to come in there and and have a legendary night like Paul Spadafora against Floyd Mayweather? I may look like 2016 Paul Spadafora uh, knifing his brother at a <laughs> Pittsburgh bar, but why? Okay, Wise is is a is a full on heavyweight, a southpaw who goes to the body. Wise, why am I putting you over here? Speak, you're you're a part of the show. I mean, you're putting me over because you're scared, and no, that's look, the the whole reason of so, that we're doing this is because you're scared. And that at, when I called you out on Twitter, you were like, "Oh, now I got to defend myself. Well, now I got to go eight I, miles look, and I will put this out there." I'll defend my own show in my own name, but but uh, Rafe, here's the deal: he's very Kovalev like. Like, look at him; you can kind of see it, right? I'm gonna go, not like necessarily the racism, but more just like, or the, but <laughs> not not the racism and the sexual assault. Yeah, yeah not just the the, so, the, the 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 viciousness. What if I Andre? him and just crowd him 
How are you going to get inside on me, though? You don't have the length. You better effing get better inside, on <laughs> inside on him. Um, I, I think it's possible, not just to survive, but to potentially thrive, Rafe. I'm going to have to work on my end game. I'm going to have to get stamina to peak all-time levels. But you be my Rachel Donaire. I will, in fact, risk it all for you, Rafe, if you're wondering, just so you know. But would you advise me to jack? Um. I will be in the locker room with you after that fight. No, you can never jack, okay, Brian? We know that. That's rule number one. It's too late, although I do like how you've been. Yeah, what do you got? I like how you've been the, playing the A-side in this very very well on social media, really not engaging too much whenever Brandon calls you out. Because Brandon's out here dropping little little breadcrumbs all the time, and you're just sort of looking the other way. I got bigger fish to fry. I'm the A-side in this. But – Eventually, you know, fate will come calling, Brian, and I, I, I will be there in the locker room afterwards for you to be like Miguel Cotto, and I'll be like, you have to stop this, Brian. You can't do this anymore. And this podcasting is all I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the deal, Rafe. Um, this is very Karate Kid Part 3, very Miyagi Daniel here. Will you train me for this fight? Even wow. if you feel like you know how it's going to end. Are we going to be on the beach Rocky and Apollo style? Half shirts, yes. <laughs> and is With there, the toe being real ugly. <laughs> is there potential, Rafe, that Wise is going to peak too early here? He's entering best shape of his life since his days at North Boca playing left tackle. He keeps saying this. How am I going to peak too early when you're going to blow your load in the first minute of the first oh round? Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> well, what, that's a fair question, Rafe. What role will hashtag LoadWatch2019 play in this fight? Probably even in three rounds, I would expect it to be a pretty significant issue. <laughs> um, and that's the other thing with the peaking argument, Brian. Usually, even let's say that's true, that usually doesn't come into play in a three-round fight. Are we, I, you, you know, that would be a, a big, a, a big drop-off. It's not like he's running out of gas late in the fight. He's only got, a, he's only got three rounds against uh, Washed Campbell. Well, I have a stiff jab. And, um, I don't know, maybe I'll just have to go be- full on B-hop and do the mental games. I was in your ass, oh, I and you went- ready to quit, and you was blowing and puffing, and went to your corner like a rag doll, done, defeated, and knew that you lost that fight. That's how gangster I am. Yes, Rafe? I, I could see that, Brian, but I think when you say you should go full B-hop, what you really mean is you should get entangled with Brandon, have you both fall down, and then point at your shoulder a lot. And be like, I gotta, I have a separation. You know, big, find a way out. Headbutts. Try these things. Get disqualified. Blow, blow. It's not a blow, blow. Not a blow, blow. If you, no. you know, find a way out is, is what you need to do. All right. If you are agreeing to train me, is this, is this, we're, we're going live on the record, Rafe. Will you train me? How long of a training camp? Right now, I'm, uh, I'm 40 years old. I'm six, one and a half, 224 pounds. And my doctor at my, at my, uh, you know, well, we know what happened. We know what happened in that, Rafe. When he, a- after checking my prostate, he said, I'm going to need you to get your cholesterol down. I'm going to need you to lose about 10 pounds around, around your stomach. How long of a training camp do I need here, Rafe? I would. I think you want to get at least four weeks in, maybe six. All right. Eight. You you might just maybe just work out in general. (laughs) (laughs) 
would you advise uh, against any other checks, uh, a second prostate exam possibly? Do you slip her the hot beef injection? Look, uh, I'm I'm not gonna go full Devin Alexander on yeah, on you here. Well, once we know what gets, happens yeah. once once that is stretched, you are destroyed. So be careful with those. But it's also look, let's be serious and and talk about men's health for a minute. Don't be don't be that guy who won't let the doctor <laughs> do that thing in that area <laughs> because it's an important. It's preventative care, Brian, and it's something we all got to do. All right. Well, as the A-side, Brando, I'm I'm considering a a catch weight. I'm because Rafe, if I could dehydrate him down, if I say, look, I'll I'm ready for this fight. I'm ready to go three with you, but it's got to be at at, at uh, two thirty or less. That that could be a potential move in my playbook, or maybe I know Brandon's not. How old are you, Brandon? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. What if I? What? <laughs> you you realize that is literally an athlete's prime. What if I? What if I put a uh, a an early prostate test on the uh, in the contract? What? <laughs> Why would I agree to that? Look, a shot. You know when you're when he, he, he'll he'll throw in an extra two hundred thousand yeah. <laughs> pesos. Yeah. All right, Wise. You got any final messages? Any warnings? Where are we, where are we staging this? It has to be in, in South Florida, right? I don't care, man. I told you before, I will go wherever I need to go wow. to get this done, just so that I can mock you for the rest of my life. Right. If his southpaw stance, my lead right is gonna is gonna play. Oh factor. my god! You got to deal with southpaw too. Oh, I, 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 and watch, watch. He'll switch stances. He'll go. He'll go. Bud Crawford, Mick Jagger on you all of a sudden. Oh, switch on. hitting. No, we don't switch hit there, Brian. Brian, Brian, you know, there is a great legendary boxing promoter in Fort Lauderdale in South Florida who might be able to really make this big. You know who I'm talking about, right? I have no idea. Only in America, Don King is still down there. We don't do business with the devil on this show, okay? (laughs) We don't do it. We don't tinkle with the finkle. Let me tell you, don't you tinkle with the finkle. With tinkle with a winkle. All I'm saying, Wise, is get that. What are you at right now, 240? I'm about 240 right now, and you're telling me to get down to 230. Like that's my goal anyway, so right. that's not dehydrating right. me at all. Meet me there, what, uh, Rafe. Where do you, if I'm 224 and a little washed, would you recommend me to get down to about 215 or just bulk it up? No, I, I would recommend for you to lose weight. Like do do uh, obey your doctor's orders. <laughs> get in the uh, you the cardio being able to be upright for that entire nine minutes is is going to be a challenge on its own i mean go shadow box for three rounds and see how that feels he told me he told me after i started training he said he went and shadow boxed in the mirror for 30 seconds and he got winded I'm not, that's I, that's an honest thing i mean it looks <laughs> that takes it out of you throwing punches is a different thing but I'm not in camp that's, right that, now, all right? that's, that's a reason why lose the weight get get try and get a little bit of wind back Lay off the, the, the quesadillas in Vegas and I, you know, say, say, say your prayers. I got one message for Wise. Okay, tell your family to write their will out. You're in trouble. Okay, and uh, look, this may be the best. We often debate what's the best washed win in history, right? We say Foreman knocking out more. We say, uh, uh, Eric Morales, my campeon, almost beating Marcos Maidana, almost getting a draw. This we may add this to the to the lexicon, Rafe. Washed Campbell. It would, 
Legendary Knights, Campbell Wise. Yes. Yes. Thank you for dropping in the right name and the right A side. Wise, you got any other messages before we you get out of here? We could check you out Tuesdays on the MMA show as well. You're done. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, Rafe. It's time it's do you care time. We'll begin with Campbell Wise, uh late twenty nineteen in Fort Lauderdale. Do you care? Oh yes, I care. Okay. I, I mean I have skin I have skin in the game, you know. I've, how much skin? That's gross. All right. Uh, let's break this thing down. Special thanks to Brandon Wise for joining us. This week, Rafe, we go Thursday night, Tucson, Arizona, UFC Fight Pass. Rafe, there's too much televised boxing. Um, Ikram Kerwat versus Simone De Silva, 10 rounds, female lightweights. Do you, do you care? <laughs> Sorry, I just like I, used, I was like, oh, those are female. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Shoot, no, I don't care. All right, Friday from Chonburi, Thailand. It's Wahang Meniathon versus Tatsuya uh, Fukuhara again? rematch for Meniathon's WBC strawweight title. Didn't they fight last week, Rafe? I thought, yeah, I, I swear that Wanheng was fighting less like a month ago. Well, good for him. He's he's like fifty eight, no, and and very active. Wow, Wanheng, that sounds yeah. That's you should get that looked at. Um, I need a Wanheng. Saturday night, Kissimmee, Florida. ESPN, Rafe, no plus on the damn ESPN. It's a title fight main event: Masayuki Ito versus Jamel Herring, twelve rounds for Ito's WBO Junior lightweight title. The, the fighting Marine, Jamal Herring, you, you care? Judge Lance Ito coming back to the boxing ring one last time. Um, no, nah, I don't really care, Ryan. Uh, I don't really care. Uh, and the co-main sniper Pedraza is back against Antonio Lozada, 10 rounds lightweight. I care a little bit, man. I was really impressed with his, with, with Pedraza's performance against Vasily Lomachenko. Yeah, I remember that. And guy. I want to see if he can keep that up. Deep on Even this, against a, a bummer guy. Deep on this undercard, Carlos Quadras, complete with back knee, will face Daniel Lozano, eight rounds bantamweight. That's an interesting fight. I think Daniel Lozano is he, he he's moving up from he was man he might be moving up a lot. Didn't he go the distance against uh, Anuay? Isn't he one of two guys that went the distance against Anuay? Did I just make that up? I'm, uh, we're making all this though. I think we, it's probably like six different guys we're thinking of and getting wrong at this point. It may be worth checking. It looks like you're doing some typing there and your eyes are moving back and forth across the screen. But in any case, Quadras, yeah, let's see what he got. He was in rehab. He's been through some stuff. Uh, he's a fun fighter when, I mean, man, those, he had his fight against Chocolatito and his fight against Estrada were both damn fun fights. So if he can get his his act back together, I'm down. He, you know, have maybe like a Giovanni Segura type second half to his career where he makes some fun fights. I'm in for that. I was thinking of David Carmona, who went the distance against Inoue. And also, by the way, David Carmona beat this man we're talking about, Daniel Lozano. I don't think anybody cares. All right, Rafe, rolling on here. Uh, Saturday night. Do you care about this, Rafe? Biloxi, Mississippi, FS1, Austin Trout versus Terrell Gaucher, former champion against a former title contender, 10 rounds, junior middleweights. You would think in a fun-ass loaded division right now where everything's upside down and J-Rock might be the king and Laura's lingering and there's a Charlo and there's a Harrison. Do you think the winner of Trout Gaucher on Saturday walks right into a title shot? I do think that is a very likely scenario, and that gives both of these – uh, a real reason I want to put on a good performance, come out with an impressive looking win because yeah, junior middleweight is finally 
getting some of the hype it's deserved it's starting it's it's becoming a hot division it's all it's been competitive in this way for a long time but these good fights these the, honestly you give i give a lot of the credit to jared hurd for for fighting such a fan friendly style and making these re, a handful of fun fights in, in in succession except for the one against the backstreet boy when he was coming off the shoulder injury Jason Wellborn, but, thank you yeah yes 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 um yeah never brian never never messes up a white fighter's name it's just Stop he's, it. he's on are top we, of it. are we really going down this <laughs> anyway. road come on uh, wow <laughs> but up. anyway um yeah th- th- this is a good opportunity good moment for the division and i care you know i look i've got a soft spot for trout i always will it just, it's one of these great guys uh, fought, really comes to fight every time we we know what's good and what's bad about him a little long in the tooth but we are. I, I I root for that guy. He's just. He, he, I have. He, he in in my my I field spots. Man. He I has a little a little place there. Um, I think that this fight has potential to actually be a sneaky action fight. I did. I hosted the PBC face to face, of which you can watch on the Fox Sports Go app and or check your local listings for replays. And it was surprisingly tense and back and forth. And they realized what's at stake here. Trout said he was on his way to welterweight, which a lot, not many people know at 33, he thinks that he can cut down to 147 and be a major player right away and says he only fought at 54 because it was easier not to have to cuff the weight. He says, can't wait for, can't wait for Trout versus Mikey Garcia on pay-per-view sometime oh, next wow. year. Uh, so he's stopping here against Gaucher. Because they got a little bit of words two years ago. It's going to be interesting, Rafe. I think Trout, this is, look, he's come so close against the very best in this division in recent years. This would be a good win if we beat Gaucher, an Olympian, a guy who can really box. It, it would be interesting. And he says he's, he promised a knockout, which is not Trout's way, but I don't know, Rafe. I'm, I want to see what happens. That's all I got to say about that. Co-main event. I'm with you. Chordale Booker versus Wally Amatoso, 10 rounds. Junior middleweights, you don't care. Lucky boy. Damn. Lucky boy Omatoso is fighting in co-mains in 2019? Yeah. Boxers sleep with a lot of women. Uh, our boy, the Egyptian magician, Ahmed Elbiali versus Marlos Samoz, 10 rounds light heavyweights. Shoot. Might as well throw him in the co-main too. Uh, Carlos Negron, who you, who, uh, lost to, uh, Brazil last time is going to face Daniel Martz on this undercard, which I believe is that West Virginia Husky white boy that, uh, Luis Ortiz sent to hell after failing that drug test that time in Miami. Remember that? I do. Hey, you know, that I, I, I don't care about this fight though. That's all I can say. Antonio Tarver Jr. versus Thomas Hill, eight rounds middleweights. No, nothing. Have you seen, is that actually Tarver's son? Have you seen him fight? Yeah, he's got a couple of fights. He's okay. Nothing serious here. Uh, Saturday from Oxon Hill, Maryland at that MGM thing. In the zone, Rafe, making his streaming debut. It's Devin Haney against Antonio Moran. Ten rounds, lightweight. Do you know this? I care about Devin Haney. It's a bummer that, of course, this was supposed to be Usyk's heavyweight debut against Carlos Takam. Uh, the injury happened. It's not in the cards. Hopefully. Hopefully Usyk comes back later this year, but I do care about Devin Haney. He's he's a, he's one of these prospects that we got to keep an eye on. Uh, and the co-main event, Michael Hunter, who lost to Usyk at the same arena, is going to take on Fabio Maldonado. You may remember him as a UFC heavyweight who went to Russia post UFC and got robbed against Fedor Emelianenko about three years ago in a ten or twelve round heavyweight bout. You don't care about this, Rafe, right? I do not care. Do not uh, care. Philip Ergovich on this card against Greg Corbin, ten rounds heavyweights. Oh, yeah. I want to see what Ergovich can do. Rafe, this show's almost over, but you're rocking like you look like you might crap in a water bottle soon. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're that's what we're dealing all with right, right, right now. All right, all uh, right. Do you care about the title fight on this undercard? Jessica McCaskill versus Anahi nope. Sant. No, okay. Nope. Nope. No, 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 no. All right, Senator Claire McCaskill is boxing uh, now. <laughs> Saturday from Manchester, England, not on American TV. Huey Fury versus Chris Norad, twelve rounds heavyweights. Do not care. All right, and from Poland, it's a title bite fight. Yua Brodnicka versus Janeth Perez, ten rounds for Brodnicka's WBO Women's Junior. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was about to say male or female. What are we talking about here? And um, son, uh, yeah, I always care. Polish boxing Twitter for the, forever, forever wins every everything. And Undefeated goat Twitter. Doubleheader of title fights Sunday from Fuzhou, China. In the main event, it's Zhu Khan versus Shun Kubo for Khan's WBA regular featherweight title. And I like Zukan. You remember him? He no, was man that no, that fight on uh, on the zone. That was one of the early of early year. Like, oh ooh, okay, yeah. I'm into this slop. Yeah, I like that. Okay, and the co-main Carlos Canizales versus Shokamura. Twelve rounds. WBA regular junior flyweight title. Man, you're gonna pee your pants. I know you don't care that much. End of the show. Special thanks to uh, Rafe Books for joining us this week. Uh, that's all I got here. And by the way, anyone who thinks I'm gonna die, Brandon Weiss has a back injury. All right. I'm going to exploit the this back young man's back injury. I broke my back. All right, I'm going to win this sparring match with Rafe in my corner. Rafe, any message for the people before you pee? I'm going to – I need I need to release. I'm out. I don't know about you, Brian. Go. Go. Get out of here. Go. No. Yeah. Wow. Uh, hey, check out our other offerings this week from the State of Combat and the Sports of Mixed Martial Arts on Tuesday. Pro Wrestling on Wednesday. Thank you. For joining us. Suck my nuts. <laughs> you ain't doing it, so be quiet. Either wanna watch it or you don't wanna watch it. That's what you should say. Be quiet. Wow. Stop it. Back wow. in your box. <laughs> wow. Apparently it's all about the lube there. Uh yeah, we're out. That's it. We're out. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>